Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome in. It's another edition of the Early Line. It is the grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we continue uh, to push along here, guys, and uh, bring you as much sports content as humanly possible. And there are plenty of stories uh, going on here as uh, we all continue uh, to battle here against a common opponent, that opponent, of course, being the coronavirus. And uh, like Dane and I have been saying all along, uh, we fully plan on kicking its ass uh, collectively here together. Uh, and we are all on the same team. Uh, and I, I mean that. We are literally all on the same team. Right. And uh, no matter who you hate the most, as Jet fans, we hate the Patriots. I, although we, they might be our best friends now, uh, since we'll probably be kicking their ass and Tom Brady is gone. Uh, but the reality is, whoever it is, that team that you hate, the Spies, Yankees, Patriots, Red Sox, whoever it may be, um, we are all on the same team here, guys. And we all have that common opponent. So... Uh, I'm hoping everybody is safe, continues to be safe, continue to consume uh, the content we're throwing out at you here at The Grid. We'll make it through this, and then, of course, we will get into making a whole lot of money coming up uh, once these games kick back off. And we'll start uh, with the latest headlines, Dane, uh, that we've uh, come to know. A couple of moves in the NFL, obviously, free agency, something we've been talking about uh, a lot here. Uh, And we just couldn't believe how fast free agency uh, was going and the deals and uh, where they were coming. We set up the top 40 uh, free agents that were were put together. Like they were only 36 were gone. There were only four guys left. And now that number is down a little actually uh, to 38 of the 40 are gone. The only two that remain are quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Cam Newton right now. The other two that were in there, Brashad Perriman, wide receiver, and of course, Robbie Anderson. Well, we know where they're going, Dane. And with the Jets, it was, thanks, Robbie Anderson. Great job. Uh, One of the premier deep threats in the league. Was certainly going to make a team that much better on offense from the standpoint of nobody was a better deep ball wide receiver than than he was. So he's only 27. He got his money. He's going to Carolina and let's start with that Teddy Bridgewater number one not necessarily known as a deep ball passer much more of a game manager right um, but Robbie Anderson is a guy I think that and you tell me from a fantasy perspective uh, he's got de- you know decoy written all over him I think in this offense I liked him as a Jets wide receiver certainly with fantasy but when it comes to Carolina I don't know how much he's going to get the ball because a lot of guys are going to have to pay attention to him, but Teddy Bridgewater is not a deep ball thrower. Yeah, that makes sense, Joe. And here's the thing. Again, Robbie Anderson did sign yesterday. It's a two-year, $20 million contract. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Listen, when he was with the Jets, he was the de facto number one wide receiver. Okay? You now go to Carolina, and, you know, it's almost like in basketball when we talk about there's only one basketball to go around and they're going to have to split it. You know, how many targets do you think Robbie Anderson is actually going to get? He's in the pecking order behind Christian McCaffrey, behind DJ Moore, who was a revelation in in last year and year two of his career. Remember, there's Curtis Samuel there as well. So in my opinion, he's the third or fourth Samuel there as well. So in my opinion, he's the third or fourth option in the entire offense, as opposed to really being like the the first or second option with the Jets offense, right? I do think his fantasy stock in terms of the amount of production or volume or targets he's going to get is a little bit different. The role he may serve is just like you said, he is a speed guy, a stretch the defense guy. He may be that guy who you've heard the term takes the top off the defense just to allow, you know, more room over the middle for a guy like DJ Moore, a guy like Christian McCaffrey, a guy like Curtis Samuel. What I will say, though, Joe, about this signing, and it has been a theme of free agency, is familiarity, experience together. Joe, who's the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers? Matt Rule. Where did Robbie Anderson go to school? 
Temple, where he was with P.J. Walker and Matt Rule. We're seeing this a ton of times. Guys, uh, you know, front offices, head coaches are getting guys that they have familiarity with. Yep. And I think, Joe, that's even more important this year when they may have less time to have off, you know, uh, off-season training workouts and right. getting together to meet. So having that familiarity already is even more important. And I think it makes sense. Robbie Anderson joining his old college coach in Carolina. Yeah, and uh, and listen, it's a, uh, it's a matter of style and fit. And, of course, you know, signing Walker just a couple days ago from the XFL, getting him in there. Uh, the more guys that, you know, that their new head coach has around him that are familiar with him, I, I get all the moves here. And, uh, and I'm happy for Robbie Anderson as a Jet fan, a guy, uh, you know, he paid his dues with the Jets, and all he did was deliver uh, year after year one of the better uh, default threats. So the Jets now losing that, which was a big weapon for Sam Darnold, uh, one of his favorite weapons, of course, and last year was just such a cluster. It was a mess. But Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold kind of came up together, had a thing going. It is to be no more. So now you got to ask yourself, all right, so who's going to be uh, the deep threat for the Jets? Well, they answered that rather quickly as they go went out and got uh, Brashad Perryman uh, to an $8 million deal. And I love the move, you know, right around the same age, a little bit younger there, a former number one uh, pick there uh, with the Ravens, kind of bounced around, never really got, you know, in production. Yes, uh, his numbers weren't that far off career-wise with, Robbie Anderson, uh, but you you essentially swap right. one deep threat for another, a little younger, a little less expensive than what Robbie Anderson would have cost you. Uh, I love the move, and I, I love that they were working on that. Joe Douglas, general manager of the Jets, um, I, I like it. I like it a lot. I think Perryman is another one of these weapons, uh, and it's all about weapons. When you look, Tinsianua is going to be back, right? So you've got um, you know, you, Docton is, uh, I believe, on the yeah. roster here. Yeah. If he can stay healthy, they're going to get a receiver in the draft. The more weapons, the better. And, uh, of course, they got some tight ends now. They got – so they're heading in the right direction, the Jets. I love the moves that they've made thus far. Yeah, you know, you mentioned it, right? Rashad Perryman and Robbie Anderson, many people thought they were similar type of wide receivers. Rashad Perryman, one year younger, I believe, and the mm -hmm. Jets got him for about $2 million less. So there's really nothing to complain about. Rashad Perryman was a first-round pick and I believe, 2015, and it took a little while for him to kind of find his way in the NFL. He had a quasi-breakout. Um, with the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. And you know when I say Robbie Anderson goes from being the number one to being kind of in the wash with Carolina and these other receivers? I think the exact opposite could be said for Bashad Perryman and his kind of fantasy stock. Remember at the end of last year, Joe, Bashad Perryman went off. Yeah. Okay. But that was because, if you remember, Mike Evans went down with a season-ending injury. Yep. Chris Godwin went down with a season-ending injury. So then it was Jameis Winston and his 5,000 yards, and Brashad Perryman yep. became the number one guy, and he won people fantasy championships last year in the playoffs, going off in weeks 13, 14, 15, right? So he will now move over. I am comfortable with this move, okay? What I hope this also signals for the Jets, we have talked about it, they still own pick number 11. There's a lot of mock drafts out there that were mocking guys like CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy to the Jets. I think you and I have both said Don't we prefer <laughs> they go to the trenches, right, Thank Joe? You. There's a number of <laughs> offensive linemen. Yeah. I, by my count, there is four blue-chip offensive linemen available, and the Jets should get whichever one of them falls to number 11. I think the fact that they went out and signed Perryman, you know, gives me confidence that they're not going to address wide receiver in the first round. And Joe, with about 15 to 20 wideouts available in the draft that have, you know, grades in the first three rounds, yep. and Jets with four picks in the first three rounds, I still think they can get a wideout in round two or three, but I really hope they get one of the big uglies to protect Sam Darnold with that pick number 11 overall. But yes, Rashad Perryman and Robbie Anderson both signing similar age, Similar profile and similar deals. Yes, and uh, and listen, it's the Panthers have made some a lot of moves actually uh, yeah. this offseason. and uh, of course we told you uh, the move that would be coming, and we all kind of knew it. There was the uh, the Cam Newton uh, releasing of Cam Newton, and uh, it wasn't for lack of effort trying to trade him. Uh, we've heard. 
the Bears and Chargers right. were in the mix, and they just couldn't come up with a deal. Now, we know the Bears, of course, went with Nick Foles instead. So Bear fans uh, this week not exactly uh, jumping up and down with the idea right. that they could have gotten Cam Newton, but instead opted for Nick Foles in that ridiculous contract. Uh, but I, I would caution folks to understand that you're not getting the 2015 Cam Newton. And you're getting a totally different version here. One that is, and I know uh, we've had Tua release a video. We've had, uh, you know, Cam's uh, trying to put some stuff out there. And hey, listen, if you were 100% healthy, I would, I would put a video a day out showing I was 100% healthy. But we're not getting that. And I don't know that he's 100% healthy. I don't know that he'll ever be 100% healthy. I think it's, it's kind of hard for teams and general managers right now. But listen, the good news is he's free, guys. He can sign with anybody now. There's no contracts, contingencies, trade. He is free to walk in any camp. The problem is, and Jameis Winston's in that same boat, not a lot of starting jobs left. And there's not a lot of places, I think, at this point in his career, does he want to go and rebuild and win four games, five games? Does he... I, I would not be surprised now, uh, learning that it was the Chargers and Bears, and right. neither of those teams could come up with a deal for him. Uh, I'm not sold that, um, that he won't retire. Uh, I mean, I think that's a legit possibility here with Cam Newton. I, I do think that his competitiveness, and he, he's one of the all-time greats there, guys, of course. But, man, at some point, I think if you're going to be competing for a backup job and, or you've got to go in and compete for a job and you're Cam Newton, I don't, am I, is that really what I want to do at this point in my uh, life and career where I have literally been hurt for the last 12 years straight? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think the longer this sits around, I think the more maybe, um, you know, reality sets in for him. And I would not at all be surprised if he's like, guys, love it. Got to go on. Taking the Andrew Luck route. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. And you know my feelings on Cam Newton, Joe. I think he has gotten a bad rap on a lot of different levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, there has been dozens of 15-yard penalties that should have been called for the yep. Carolina Panthers that just were not. I've even coined the hashtag all quarterbacks matter yep. because of Cam Newton. And I think the other thing is the analogy I'll make to your point, Joe, we talked about it before, is to Rob Gronkowski. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and because Cam is unique in a way that he has so many opportunities available to him. Yep. In the next phase of his life, more so than literally almost anybody except for Rob Gronkowski, when you think about how he's presented himself in the fashion world, right, and some of the co the commercials and advertisements he's been able to have, there, there's an interesting second phase ready for Cam Newton when he does it. Yep. I do, however, Joe, we also differ a little bit on uh, what we think is the potential for Cam Newton to evolve um, if he wants to keep his career going, okay? I do think that he is a starting-level uh, NFL quarterback if he is healthy and if he wants to play. One of the things that's interesting, Joe, I don't know if you saw this, he passed a physical yes. before the Panthers cut him. And I think that's a good move by the Panthers, right, to kind of maybe at least put him out there on the market but with something akin to a clean bill of health. Yep. But you're absolutely right. In this time when we can't have visits and physicals, that is going to be an issue for Cam Newton because I can imagine, even though they get the word that he passed the physical, they're going to want to press the flesh. They're going to want their own doctors to test this out. The benefit, though, Joe, of the fact that he wasn't able to get traded is now he is, in fact, a free agent. So what that means is that teams, if they have interest, they can negotiate with Cam Newton yes. right now, right? And they can come up with a contract that maybe is incentivating, conditional on, you know, physical things, game play, that sort of stuff. So I do think while there was no trade market because that would have locked them into the contract, had to have compensation, now the fact that he is in essence a free agent, I actually think may change the market for him because teams can kind of independently negotiate and see a good landing spot. The other part of this, I think with Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, but I think even more with Jameis, they may have to wait for the market to move a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And what will happen for the market to move the NFL draft may take place, and we'll see, you know, the Chargers, yep. for example, right? We've been hearing about them. A lot of people have the Chargers drafting a quarterback, whether it's Justin Herbert or someone else, in that sixth pick. 
Well, Joe, as you know, things change in the draft all the time. What happens if one of these other teams make a trade and move all the way up and hop the Chargers and they're left holding the bag and don't get their answer? In that universe, maybe they do pick up the phone and call Cam and say, hey, let's work something out, right? But the, the draft will change the market. And then always, you know, people get hurt all the time in the NFL, whether they're practicing or not. So that's another thing that could change the market for Cam Newton. But I think you're right. He, he may have to wait and he may have to accept that teams are going to want him on the cheap. Yeah, well, they're going to want him on the cheap and he's not going to be... He can walk into some of the lesser franchises if he wants the job, but I just don't know if I'm Cam Newton, why in the world I would want to go to a three-win, four-win team. Like, I don't want to start over at this point. Right. Um, Winston, younger, you know what I mean? Less options there. Winston, and, and listen, the market has spoke. Both of those guys, here's the deal. And, and I know Charger fans were upset this week, Bear fans, and the minute they heard Cam Newton, but... You know, this is the problem with fans is that in their mind, they have this picture of this you oh, know, Superman. They got Superman in their mind. Guys, he's not Superman. He's a beat up 30-year-old quarterback here, guys, that has taken more hits than he ever should have, has been more abused in this league than any quarterback we've ever known. Uh, and it's starting, to, it's starting to take its toll on him. So, and again, passing a physical and being a franchise quarterback are two totally different things. And I'm not seeing video. I'm not seeing the offer of Cam holding a live streaming event where watch me go at it, guys. I don't know how healthy he is. Teams don't, and teams are certainly not going to risk in this day and age. There aren't many spots left. And yeah. the teams that are left that would be willing to bring in Cam uh, you know, I, I and it was funny, you, you made me think, listen, Cam is kind of unique in himself a guy that's made over $100 million, right, in his career between endorsements and everything else along those lines, guys. Uh, he's not hurting for money. He reminds me a lot when you talked about misunderstood like the Russell Westbrook of the NBA. I think those two guys are very similar, right? Their love for fashion, they kind of, they're kind of kooky, they kind of walk to their own drum, you know what I mean? They, they're different, they're great in their own right, they're not super elite you know they're not champions so to speak but they are that they are a piece that and you would do anything out. to play with right exactly and unfortunately i don't know that it's going to happen and part of me says i look at cam and i'm like dude just walk away man take the money you are one hit away and that's why i give andrew luck credit uh, right. Andrew Luck just got to the point. He's like, what, the, what am I doing? Like, what, I mean, like. He also, though, has opportunities, right? right? Exactly. Both do. So that's interesting. Exactly. You know, find yep. interesting real quick. I know we're going to uh, take it to the break. Yeah, we got 10 seconds. Go ahead. You know, there is no option on the odds, though, of retire no team. Yeah, I know. I, I want it. Other. Give me that. Plus 200. It'll be interesting to see here, though. Uh, we'll talk more about free agency. Roger Goodell has spoke about the coronavirus, the draft. We'll cover all of that. We'll do it coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. Sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Joe and Ari alongside Dane Martinez here on the early line as we uh, continue to push forward here, keeping our fingers crossed, uh, hoping everybody remains uh, safe. And uh, we kick the living crap out of the coronavirus here and we get back to, uh, to a little normalcy in this world. It is coming. It is happening. And uh, slowly, day by day, uh, we're going to be looking forward to it. But in the meantime... Um, I can tell you this, and it's uh, pretty heart-wrenching uh, yesterday for those of you that are still convinced that uh, the coronavirus is nothing. And there are a number of you, unfortunately, right now, especially in uh, the best, just the, this Florida takes a lot of crap, right? Because, you know, with the spring breakers and everything else, and Florida's filled with a bunch of idiots. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm here, guys, trust me. Every Florida man is a thing, and for a reason, Dane. Uh, because the Florida man is, whoo, uh, uh, but it's not just Florida. There was, uh, there was a story this week, guys, and I, and I had to read it twice because I couldn't believe it. Um, there was a group of 20 to 30-year-olds in Kentucky that uh, also believed the coronavirus wasn't a thing. So you know what they did? 
they threw themselves a coronavirus party. Great. Guess what happened? They all got coronavirus. They got the coronavirus from the coronavirus party. Yes, that's right. One person got it, infected everybody else at the party. So, and again, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it, and, uh, and I'll put it up here, Dane, but uh, Carl Anthony uh, Towns here, guys. And again, I don't, um, you know, I won't play it, but I mean, it's suffice to say here that this, you can just look at his expression, guys, and you can see um, the seriousness of this nature here that his mother is now in a coma. Uh, yes, a induced coma here to, because uh, of the coronavirus. And, you know, listen, you know, this is a guy $100 million. Dollars, this guy should have care in the world. Disparity. What good does all that uh, money do? What's happening in the world right now uh, if, uh, with if this coronavirus? And, and I think what my, where my life is right now could help. I mean, so if you guys are still I decided on the to um, do this video. And I would beg you to give you an update of where I'm at. So I was, I was told early last week with more money than any of us will ever see, not a care in the world. Can't help his mother who's in an induced home because
and they are realizing at this point now, different free agents, Tom Brady, there might be, without a mandate, right, there might be a couple of guys show up at the camp, show up at the facilities, right, try to get, uh, try to get yep. the camaraderie going, and the NFL realizes, like, okay, now it's, now it's time to step in and shut it down. We don't know what's happening with the draft, right? I mean, we were told it was Vegas, and it was going to be a spectacle. It was going to be a party. That went out the window, right? There isn't a casino or a place open in Vegas right now. So that's out the window. Then it goes to, all right, we'll have like a TV show style thing. We'll have all the war rooms. We'll have cameras. And then, you know, you got to think, well, all right, what about the guys that get drafted? They usually have draft parties, right? There's usually 30, 40 people there. And now it's just going to be them. And so the whole thing is going to look different. And there was certainly, I believe, a push by some general managers yeah. to go, can we just, can we push this thing back uh, altogether and not maybe have the, uh, the draft coming up? And to this point, uh, you know, they're probably going to move forward with it in some capacity. How remains to be seen. Uh, but I can tell you this, there are some people and some rumblings going, can we hold off on the draft here, guys? The NFL hasn't held off on anything to this point. Yeah, you're right. Now, Roger Goodell, first of all, on the first point you made, sent the note to all the teams, uh, you know, the same way as governors and mayors are saying, mm -hmm. stay at home. Goodell, as the, you know, the, the kind of <laughs> the head of the NFL, is now making this kind of executive order. And here's what was going on, Joe. And we're seeing this, you know, unfortunately, across our country, when there's no mandate or policy or leadership from the top, the next level down are forced to make their own decisions, right? We see this with independent states making their own decisions. A few weeks ago, we saw this with independent conferences deciding whether or not to play their conference tournaments, right? They were independent decision makers. And right now, what we need is an overall consistent policy to stay at home. You just said, that's the way to beat this. So Joe, there were some teams that were still having team meetings at their facility every day. Right, exactly. And there were other teams that had shut their doors. You know, so I don't want to get it like, yes, I guess that is competitive balance when you're talking about preparing for the draft, but that's not like we're talking about something bigger here, okay? And then what you mentioned, yes, Joe, it came out yesterday that the NFL general manager subcommittee, okay, actually unanimously voted to postpone the draft. But Roger Goodell is saying, no, we're going to go on as scheduled, it maybe won't be in Vegas. It'll be this kind of, you know, video conference draft television production show. But it is interesting that a lot of the GMs are telling Goodell, yo, I think we should postpone it. And, and, and I think from their sense, you know, it's this idea of, and I'm being like completely cynical, shrewd and callous here, but GMs are worried about their hit rate in the draft, right? That's their job, right? If they, if they, if they miss out on every one of their picks eventually, when we're back to normal, yep. the goal will still point at them when two years from now, a beat reporter is saying, and look, they struck out on every pick in the 2020 draft, you know, but these, you're not having the top 30 visits. You're not yep. having pro days. You're not having the meetings, the workouts. And, you know, so on one side, just look at the damn tape. That's yep. obviously the best way to go. But, you know, it does, it makes sense. You know, you're not, you don't have the full picture of information you usually have. The NFL draft is what? They say in the first round, like a 50% hit rate anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's going to go down. And GMs are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't make me look stupid because yeah. I don't have all the practice and information. I love the idea that they're trying to make it from a public health perspective. Right. But the reality is they're trying to save their own <laughs> ass here, guys. Yes. Yeah. And one of the biggest question marks at the top of that draft, of course, is, is Tua. And... Now, Tua just recently put out a little hype video about him, which showed about, you know, 10 seconds of him working out and doing a little running. But it was by far nothing that you would watch and be like, oh, oh, man, he is. Look at that. He is unbelievable. Yeah, like, no. And I, you know, my point, in, even in the last segment was, if I'm Cam Newton and I'm Tua, you know, passing a physical is one thing. But showing everybody and you have the ability why are we not live streaming your workouts? Why are we not seeing this firsthand on how healed you are? And the rumor is, talk to a couple of beat reporters uh, this week, in fact, uh, some that, that cover in Alabama, cover, uh, you know, have covered Tua for a while now. And there is, a, uh, there is a growing sense that he is 
not 100%, um, that, you know, this idea that, oh, he's fine at surgery, it's good, he's not Bo Jackson. Yeah, there is, uh, there is this growing concern that there might be an issue. Not that he won't eventually, but there is a growing concern that it's one thing to spend a draft pick on a guy, your second, third, or fourth pick in the draft, and, and then he sits a year, and then right. you still have no guarantee that he is going to be okay the following year. So there's a lot more that goes into it. I, you know, to me, uh, he's not 100%. There's no reason why in this day and age he wouldn't be putting in a live streaming video watching him run the 40, watching him do this, watching him run drills. We're not getting any of that, guys, and we're not getting it. This right now would be prime time. If you were sure. 100% like you say you are or like, sure. you know, if you're as healthy, you know, that's millions of dollars for you, right? That's a battle, but that's not what we're getting, and I think we're not getting it. Uh, and I think the rumblings are correct that there is a lot of concern about his future health. A for this year, but B, two years. You got to draft a guy with your second, third, or fourth pick, Dane, and have to wait to and still have no guarantee. That's as talented as he may be, that is a big ask of teams right now. Listen, Joe, this happened in November, the yep. hip injury, right? So what are we, four months later? Maybe five months later? And when this happened, we were told that this was a serious injury. Right. Like, it's, it's only four months, yep. <laughs> five months. You know, I, I, I don't think we should expect that. Rushing it along is not the prudent decision here, Joe. In my personal opinion, I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. What I am is an, a, an analyst and a sports investor. So let's try and make some money off of this, Joe. Right now on FanDuel, okay, they're hanging a lot of prop bets for the NFL draft, and one of them is the draft position for Tua. They are hanging the over-under at the, two, like, two and a half, okay? So will he get picked, in essence, in the top two picks, all right? And right now, over two and a half, which I think means uh, later than that, is at minus 300. In the first two picks is at plus 220. Now, Joe, we all believe, right, that Cincinnati is taking Joe Burrow number one. So that means we're talking about Washington. We think Washington is going to get Chase Young, the defensive stud out of Ohio State. They have gone ahead and signed a backup quarterback or traded for a backup quarterback in Kyle Allen. And it looks like they're going to go at it with Dwayne Haskins and hopeful his development. So for this bet to hit, Joe, the only option, in my view, is a team trading up to the number two spot overall because they think Tua is their guy. And what you just said, I think, puts the kibosh on that. Will he still get picked? Yes. Yeah. Could he still eventually be a great talent? Yes. But the question is, are you going to, you know, spend that draft capital, trade up to go and get Tua when he is still an unknown from the health standpoint? Joe, I don't see it, and I would be happy to bet this over two and a half yep. the over on Tua's draft position over on FanDuel. Yes, um, I got to tell you, it's interesting. I, and I'll use our guy for an example here, right? Sure. Let's talk about Sam Darnold and his draft status, right? Sam Darnold, leading into his senior year there, was going to be a top two pick, two or three, but was going to be there. And lo and behold, he sits there and he falls to the New York Jets who get him, but people couldn't believe that they passed on him, right? Um, and I say this because stranger things have happened, guys. As much as we are, listen, if he doesn't get home, and this is the argument here, right? He's the number one pick. Joe Burrow isn't. That's what we hear, right? That, that's what we hear. And I still think there are, and well, that's a whole nother show, guys. I think there are legitimate concerns about the viability of Joe Burrow as an NFL quarterback versus the other guys on the, uh, on the you know, you know uh, up for grabs here. So if it wasn't for that hip injury, a lot of people think Tua, absolutely. Now, Tua has taken a beating in college, guys, all right? He went to a university that is not known for producing quarterbacks in Alabama. Um, he's a little banged up, comes up with a little bit of baggage there. Uh, I can tell you right now, if Burrow goes to Cincinnati and Washington sits still and takes Chase Young, well, then Detroit's going to hold all the cards in this draft, guys, on what they want to do. If somebody is that desperate to come up and get him, Open and I, I, at this point, the, 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 uh, the, the grumblings are 
no. There's, there's, there. If he happens to fall to Miami at five, Miami's got a decision to make. But I do think it's going to be very interesting to see who is going to go up and get Tua. And if it's not Tua, and I got a guy I happen to think it's going to be, and we'll talk about that coming up, um, then that's a significant bet, guys, that you need to look at here. But when we get to the third draft, is Tua still on the board? When we get to the Detroit Lions pick, we'll talk more about that uh, coming up. And where, just aware, might he fit in perfectly? We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, guys. Welcome back into the grid. SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. It is the early line as we continue to push forward here tackling some of the uh, some of the storylines surrounding the world of sports. And listen, the good news is even when there is no sports going on, there is still always plenty uh, to talk about. And I always find it fascinating, Dan. People are like, oh, God, there's no sports. There's nothing to talk about. Nah, there's plenty to talk about. There's a lot going on, especially with the draft coming up, the question marks and the obstacles now that are put in place, uh, not only for the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, there's a lot of hypothesis going on right now on what happens, when it happens. Always a lot of intrigue and some stuff to cover here. We were just talking uh, last segment, of course, about the upcoming draft and the Tua hype video that was anything but hype. Uh, It was 10 seconds of, he's not healthy. (laughs) He's not, and to your point, he's, you know, it's only been four or five months since he broke his hip. So. I get it, but again, asking an NFL team, and this is the rumor, a lot of the guys, uh, a lot of beat reporters, uh, especially the guys that that covered Tua uh, in college, a lot of rumblings that, yeah, guys, he's not. And even if he was, let's say, Dane, 60%, like, why are you not live streaming your workouts? Why are you chopping up a, a hype video that shows us three seconds of you you know what I mean, with your leg in the air and things like that. Like there was, there are so many ways to get out there that even if you're 50, 60, 70% saying that it should be there and they're not doing that, I think is, and that's very telling. And again, we're talking about odds now of Tua going into top two, right? There is a lot of value guys with what we're hearing uh, if he is not healthy and not saying he won't be, but the idea that you're going to draft a guy with a second pick in the draft and have to a bench him for a year and not be able to utilize it and especially in this day and age not being able to start a guy you drafted with the second pick and right. then have to go into the following year still going i don't know is he there is he not maybe we only got an 80 percent uh you're asking a lot uh, especially without doctors being able to your doctor team doctor right. being able to uh to check him out and give him the once over so uh, I think there's some value in him going after, you know, Lower. from the third pick on. And I do think Detroit might very well hold all the cards in this draft if uh, if Washington goes with Chase Young. So uh, if it falls to you, like we, we talked about Sam Darnold, fell to the Jets there for whatever reason, right? Because you never really know. Well, if he falls to Miami, Miami is probably going to go with two. I don't see any ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have. Uh, Fitzmagic at quarterback for another year. They still have Josh Rosen. They can afford, without doing the tanking thing and being competitive, they can afford a year of him stashing him. I don't know how many other teams would or will do that, especially having to give up all those assets to go get them. Um, yeah. I love the after the two and a half, uh, post two and a half bet there for Tua. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I'll be willing to pay the juice. On it, because I just don't see the scenario, like you said. Tua will probably be fine. Maybe he gets a redshirt year. Maybe he's one of those kind of quarterbacks that start in week 11 of his rookie year with a veteran, you know, passing the baton to him. But to think a team, especially without the opportunity to meet with him, bring him in the building, have their own doctors 
kind of give them the once over to go ahead and maybe trade up or spend that level of draft capital, which puts then your reputation on the line as a general manager. That is a tough pill to swallow, right? Look at what happened in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. Look at what happened or what's happening right now in Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky. If you miss at that level of the draft, it sets your franchise back for years. Now, I'm not saying Tua is going to be a bust. But what I am saying is that there are so many unknowns with the health, and given this time that we are in, it may be tough to stomach taking that risk. The, so who could it be? I think you're right. When you say if they fall to Miami, the fact that there is the presence of Fitzpatrick as kind of this veteran bridge, he was. they signed him anyway because they knew he was keeping the seat warm right. for a young kid regardless. And then when you think about some of the other teams that are at the top, that might be able to do this, I think they fit some of the same characteristics, Joe. We've talked a lot about the Chargers in this quarterback market, right? And they are talking to anyone who will listen that they have a lot of faith in Terod Taylor. Right. Terod Taylor has played this role before, Joe. Remember, he was the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns the year they drafted Baker Mayfield. And then he passed the baton to Baker in the, you know, during the season. I believe it was in like week three or four. But this happens all the time. Daniel Jones took over midseason. That happens. And I'll tell you what. You mentioned Detroit holding all the cards. I personally, Joe, think that they're going to get the cornerback from Ohio State, Jeff Okuda, mm-hmm. at number three because they are the 32nd ranked pass defense in the NFL last year. And they just traded away their yeah. lockdown corner Darius Slay right so I think he's a good fit but at the same time if you're looking for the potential of a dynamic franchise quarterback and you need him to kind of sit and learn from a year for a year Matthew Stafford there has been a lot of buzz about Stafford love the way you're going with that viability right back injury and he's like 32 33 right and so these things sometimes these quarterbacks fall off a cliff quickly so If you're Detroit, I understand you got a shutdown corner possibly there. I understand teams may be calling you for trade. But could this be an opportunity also for Joe, uh, Joe, for the Lions at number three to just pull the trigger on their successor to Matthew Stafford? Love where you're going with that because it is intriguing, guys. Think about the the leverage you have if you have. And listen, there is a school of thought. And a lot of teams have used it over the years, and it's worked very well. Um, it doesn't matter. Just take the dead best player on the board. No matter what it is, take the best. Even if you don't think you need to take the best damn player on the board. And in many people's view, I can guarantee you, and if I'm Detroit, you got an aging quarterback, right? But you have a quarterback. You can afford to stash that, him. The red and at sh- the very least, right, you know what happens after that draft. There are teams who are going to call and are going to be willing to give you the world for the uh, minute he gets a little bit better, right? And you can start show. There are teams going to be calling, um, you know, out of the woodwork, willing to go get him. So leverage is what it's all about. If he does happen to fall to number three, I do think. Uh, but I also do think that if there is a team that is sold on Tua, they are sold on Tua. And they will stop at nothing to go up and get him. But very much like we've seen with the market with Cam and, and when the market has spoken. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting right now. There's a lot of rumblings with, listen, if two is there at five, six, seven, or eight, Miami's going to take them at five because they're going to take them at five. They need a quarterback. Uh, but if somebody, somebody knows five is going to be the last one, right? We know that. Like, he ain't going to get past five. So if I want to go get him, right? Gotta hop Miami. I gotta hop Miami to do it, right? And then, by the way, don't discount Miami. If Miami really wants him and is worried about Detroit or somebody, (laughs) Miami certainly has the assets in this draft and next draft to be able to do something. So fascinating. Keep an eye on it. Tua is a guy that, you know, while we all have already anointed him, uh, there are a lot of question marks certainly in the NFL circles about viability and value is he worth giving up all of those assets to move up and get and do i want to risk it sitting his ass on a bench for a year or a year and a half lot to be determined uh with that but i did also want to get to a story here dane about the uh the ncaa who 
was a uh, was applauded, was criticized that was a very and just a couple of weeks ago, guys. Think about you know how craziness the March Madness was, the conference tournaments with the NCAA eventually making the right decision to shut it down. And again, it was the right decision to shut it down. Uh, but uh, they were applauded for doing that and and costing billions of dollars uh, for universities. They, listen, it wasn't an easy decision. <clears throat> We've said that, but it was the right decision. So just when we think we're feeling warm and fuzzy about the NCAA and Mark Emmert, um, this comes out yesterday, of course, uh, or this week, rather, about um, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, him and his girlfriend over at Clemson have started a GoFundMe page to try and help coronavirus victims. So the thinking was, and remind you know, the guys, they're 20 years old, like they're not 20 years old. The girlfriend was like, it would be really great if we could, you know, raise some money. And you having a name, you know, obviously being, you know, having a bit of a celebrity here. If people see Trevor Lawrence is going to be involved, maybe they'll go ahead and donate money. That was the theory. Well, the NCAA, of course, uh, caught wind of this, Dane, and immediately, like you said, um, forced it down and then spent the, the rest of the week backtracking and trying to clarify, but make no mistake, the NCAA caught it, and the NCAA's role is, well, you can't use your likeness for any monetary gain. Well, it's a GoFundMe page. I mean, there's nothing about this that said, yeah, he's going to go out there and use the coronavirus to line his pockets. Like, it, the whole thing is asinine, no common sense, right? But yes, they shut him down, and then they proceeded to try and, you know, um, lessen that blow by saying, no, 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 we... We just, the university is going to take it over and they're going to figure out what to do from there. We're not doing anything. It's just, it's so typical of the NCAA having absolutely no friggin' clue about what's going on. It's such a bad look in unprecedented times. You can make all the billions of dollars off of this kid's likeness. He's trying to raise money for a once in a generation pandemic going on right now. And you shut his ass down and then try to make it seem like, oh, no, no. No, 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 we just, you know, we, we let the university, you know, university can figure it out. Like, give me a damn break. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Again, the idea of the NCAA outsourcing the accountability to the decision makers at the lower level, right? Yep, yep. You see this now all the time. And that's, you know, where I am really frustrated about leadership in this pandemic. But that's another topic for another day. Joe, when you were talking about this, you mentioned, you used terms like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You use terms like a difficult decision, but it's what has to happen. Right. You use terms like desperate times called for desperate measures, right? And if the NCAA can make the difficult decision right. to cancel uh, March Madness, to send everybody home, whatever it is, right? And we're in this time, Joe, I'm in New York. The Jacob Javits Center is being constructed, you know, renovated into a hospital. Right. You know, we're looking for hotels to have beds for ICU patients. The fact that the NCAA is so tone deaf that they can't see the unique and unprecedented situation. And like you said, that Trevor Lawrence is not trying to make money off of this. Exactly. He is trying to use his platform, his fame, his, you know, whatever you want to call it, to help people. Okay? Like, what, what, it's so off base, it's so tone deaf that I, I can't really have words for it. Kudos to Trevor Lawrence to try to leverage whatever popularity or following or, or, or social media, whatever, that he has. Yep. That's what we should all be doing in these times. And it's just streaks. It just speaks of tone deafness once again yep. from NCAA. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's just it's absolutely amazing to me that this is what they found Right. important like in this day and age like a, a kid that is trying to and not a lot of college football players have the clout he does i mean he's a national brand right now i mean trevor lawrence and clemson uh and why not and he didn't do it out of selfish reasons his girlfriend and him thought they wanted to be able to help and you know right. in a time where you feel helpless even as a quarter you know what i mean even as a star athlete you feel helpless and of course the ncaa uh, saw the error of their ways after very much like the Philadelphia 76ers ownership group saw the error of their ways when they, you know, last week announced that we're cutting our, uh, you know, our employee salaries by 20, 25%, caught more flack from the Twitter world than they knew 
it was so bad that they actually reversed the decision and said, you know what, it was a wrong move. We're giving the 20% back and we're paying our employees throughout this. Same thing with the NCAA. The NCAA is like, wow, this is, yeah, this probably wasn't a good thing. So yeah, they've gone ahead and decided that um, as long as the school's involved in the fundraising efforts, they're okay with him using his name. How nice of them, Dane. So here's what I don't understand. In, a, in fact, what should be happening is the exact opposite. The NCAA could be useful right now trying to organize campaigns like this across the entire country. Exactly. You can make yourself useful. Yep. Figure out, like, you know, I've seen before, Joe, and I know you've seen the map also, where, like, the college football coach is the highest paid employee That's and the correct. most person in the entire effing state. Yep. What they should be doing is organizing public service announcements or fundraising campaigns using the head coach of the college correct. football program, the Heisman hopeful, the recognizable athlete, shoot, recording PSAs, you know, about washing your hands, hoping to do fundraising. Campaigns. That's what they should be doing. Instead, they're putting the kibosh on it when individuals are doing it. It's completely ass backwards, yep. Joe. It's and Len, that's ass backwards is a perfect way to describe exactly what the NCAA is. But at least they figured it out. They've got it going in the right direction. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Dan, I want to get into um, a little bit about what Major League Baseball is talking about uh, doing here. We got about a minute 30 left here. Uh, but I also, uh, because obviously they're talking about maybe a June or July start and then playing the playoffs into December at warm weather locations like Miami, for instance. Marlins Park is enclosed. It's a dome now. So um, a lot to dissect there. Also, Tom Brady uh, had an opportunity to introduce himself to the Tampa media, had that phone call this week. And, you know, he was also... Say what you want about Tom, but he also pretty much laid out the problems that are going to be here this year with him and a new team. And, and usually you don't have those problems to worry about in March because you have time to figure them out. They, you can get together. You know, for yeah. years he's flown his wide receivers. They go practice. This time of year. together. That ain't happening. Um, and he knows it. And it's not just for, you know, Tom Brady. Anybody else with a new team, new weapons, new wide receivers, this is going to be a trying time, and I'm telling you, make a mental note, defense is going to rule the day early on in the season, Dane, maybe longer than anticipated. All right, let's start betting those uh, unders early. Yeah, I'm, yeah, he's right. I mean, how is he supposed to get acclimated with this group? I'll tell you how. They got to play Madden together. Yeah. They got to head on together and play Madden. And then he's got to pause it and be like, see how the safety just reacted? Love it. That happens, I pump and go. Love it. Absolutely love it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.